Welcome to Sky Pirate Radio, everybody. It's a new, friendly show that you can listen to if you're afraid or scared or if you're feeling in a better space, too. It's one of those kind of shows that anytime you want to listen to it, it works out for you. And uh, here to work with you, work with me on this one is, is my friend and yours, Kevin Stott. Now, I've, I've had enough of antagonistic shows. You know, a show where you'll tune in and they'll say stuff like, you stink, get out. I think it's time for a <laughs> friendly show uh, that, it, you know, it's kind of welcoming. I'm sick of all these Dark Souls-like podcasts coming out and really, uh, you know, uh, challenging what the, uh, the the viewers' ears and, and, and their ability to put up with uh, getting, getting made fun of. So this is just going to be a, a kind and friendly and positive show for this one. There's some out there that'll have, you know, there'll be guys talking really quiet and so you turn the volume up and then they'll play really loud static and uh, burst your eardrums. It's <laughs> That's not what we're going to be the newest- doing today. It's the newest podcast prank, but we're we're not going to fall uh, for those easy shenanigans, frankly. Um, no. And and we're we're targeting specific podcasts out there. You know who you are if, you, <laughs> if you're doing this we're strange above, prank. To we're people. above that kind of uh, that kind of behavior. Yeah, we we're, we're let's put it this way: we're on we're on a hind horse, and it's a kind horse. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a it's a it's a big it's a big ho- uh, we're on a high horse, not a hind horse, Chase. Jesus. <laughs> um, thanks for listening to the hind horse show, uh, uh, Kevin. Now, if if I'm led to believe you have finally gotten your Cybertruck from uh, Elon Musk to live in yourself, is that right? I, During the stressful I have. Time? That's what I wanted. That's what I, that was my one wish. I and that's what I got. Sent him a quick. <laughs> A quick DM, and it was here within the hour. Actually, he must have uh, really must have anticipated. Now, are you inside? Are you using the internet connection and uh, speaker system and microphone system from the the Halo machine right now? The, yes. the, the I'm on Elon Net at the moment. Not the different from internet. Uh, it's just a little <laughs> bit a little bit newer, a little bit more cutting edge. So, I think. What's really good about it is that uh, it's it's uh, a lot faster, and Elon Musk will sometimes message me to check in if everything's okay. He's a really sweet dude, and he cares about all these cyber trucks. Out sometimes there. you'll go, you'll you know, you, if you finish your breakfast, you're ready to go off to work. You'll go out to get in your car, and then Elon himself will roll out from underneath on on, on his back on a skateboard with his wrenches <laughs> covered in grease. He's been working on it, you know, getting it in tip-top shape all night for you. Yeah. That's the and kind of that, it... customer service we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, even in between all his rocket business, all the, the Jimmy Neutron things that Elon Musk gets up to, he can still find the time to come to Australia and uh, and grease monkey up your, your Cybertruck a little bit. He he really is a real life Jimmy Neutron more than <laughs> more than anyone on earth before. Yes, if you think about it, there's many parallels. He's got his robot dog. He's built a rocket ship. He uh, you know, he's into uh, different. He, he brain blasts all the time, coming up with new ideas to save mm. uh, save people with uh, submarines and things. <laughs> he's a very interesting fella. Um, 
But that's not what this podcast is about, see? This podcast is sort of... The thing is, we make video games, but we also like to talk shop about them, too. We're sort of on the front lines of the console war, I would say. Um, sort of really, really giving it to uh, <laughs> corporations. We've, we've picked our side, haven't we, Kevin? We have. Um, <laughs> I'm ready to shake this industry up. Needs a good I'm shaking. ready to intru- I, I think, you know, uh, the console wars have been ongoing for, some say, uh, the entirety of video games history. A, a sort of false narrative where uh, all these consoles are competing against each other. Well, here's what I say. The Ouya is going to win no matter what. Ouya is coming because, back. Because after, yeah. after they shut off all of the internet services for these other consoles, Ouya is going to be uh, left left on top. You know, That's right. Because some people say that there's there's not a console war going on right now, but that's because it's a console cold war. <laughs> it's all got quiet on the front, and it's only until the return of the Ouya that I think we'll see things start to fall back into place with this war, and things are going to get a bit nasty on every side. I think too, everyone's going to start picking at each other and pulling each other mm. apart. No more false kindness between these guys. Uh, once uh, contenders like the Ouya, uh, maybe Sega will get back in the business. What was that other one? The Phantom? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I've probably heard of it. Yeah, there was some. I think that was like early two thousands. There was some new console called the Phantom. I don't. I don't remember anything about it though. But that one's also coming back for the console wars, <laughs> and we're looking forward to all uh, uh, to going on the GameSpot forums and talking all about it. So we'll see you there. There's um, that new, uh, they announced that new PlayStation controller. Oh, uh, yeah, one? it's kind of got like a, yeah, it's a bit white. It's got a mm. kind of cyber look. I like it. Uh, Elon Musk probably worked on it a little <laughs> bit, probably did his thing. A little bit, a little bit um, of punch up. <laughs> a little punch up on the controller from, uh, from young Elon. Um... <laughs> Uh, I don't like it as much as I liked it. Do you remember the pro- uh, prototype PS3 controller? The big, the big silver banana. Yeah, the big. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it in house. The silver <laughs> banana. You had to dislocate both your thumbs to play it. Uh, it was a, a real masterpiece. I don't know. This controller, the new one, looks pretty nice. The buttons look okay to me. It doesn't look too different from a uh, PS4 controller, but whatever. I'm glad you know. that it has the new. It has the the kind of new rumble stuff that's it sounds like that's in the uh switch controllers Mm. you know you just reminded me i'm really pissed off that 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 nintendo still hasn't done the ice cube thing that they showed off at uh that first e3 with the (laughs) switch well it's kind of it's kind of one of the games in one two switch um everyone has one of the games in that is everyone has a, like a box with a number of balls in it and you have uh-huh. to kind of tilt the thing around and try and feel the vibrations of the balls and try and guess how many balls are inside the box no but look when the, the way it was being shown when it was first announced it was like the, that Nintendo head dude was just like he, he was using it like he was doing magic tricks with the joy cons <laughs> and stuff like that and shaking ice like there's ice in here you know it's a, it's a re- you know, it's a different reality. Uh, I, we need some more of that. I need to see some more uh, Switch magic tricks, frankly. Mm. Well, yeah, maybe uh, that should be that, like, a game that's just that. And it's not, it's like, you, it's a game about being at a bar and you get given a drink 
mm-hmm. get given a cup with some ice blocks on it, and you can just uh, you can just you ex- experience it. It immerses you. That's what it's about. It's like maybe we yeah. can bring heavy rain to to Switch, and we can use it in that way. <laughs> that would that would be all right. I'd play that. I I reckon. Feel each and every drop as it uh, lands on your hands. <laughs> now, uh, you know, while we may be invested in uh, in the Switch Rumble and in the console wars, our, our first our first thoughts on our minds always is our own games that we're building uh, for this bright young world, um, including, of course, uh, Getaway Grand Prix, which we're showing off a lot on the Twitter right now, and I know you're uh, working away at. What's What's been the latest on that, Kevin? Ah, uh, you can drift now. Um, there was there was a little bit of a delay because I accidentally broke it, and then I had to fix that, and then I started doing the drifting, and then that was harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but it's it's all going good. A lot of the stuff that's in it is um, is working well. Um, next mm-hmm. step will probably be letting you like finish levels and having a level end screen and taking you to the next one. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that feels. I want to put some new enemies in and and stuff. So yeah, it's 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 moving forward and it's looking really good and fun. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're testing out different ideas too. Um, if you saw on Twitter, there was also that. The, uh, kind of cash cascade bonus mm. if you pick up the bag of money stuff like that a lot of uh hyper sensorial tons of different sprites on the screen lots of money to collect very exciting and yeah i'm still arcade-y. trying to figure out i want to have something that is something that has gives you that reversal that the pac-man power pellet does in that it it kind of changes changes the game so i think maybe having that cash bag that puts money everywhere and then it, maybe it also makes all the police start chasing you. I think that'll, I think maybe that'll work. But yeah, I have to keep keep tweaking and uh, messing around with that. Yeah, we'll keep fine tuning on that one. Got an idea for a safe out. as well. Like you could drive into a safe and it, but when you pick it up, it makes your car really slow, and so it's a risk to try and take it back to the hideout. Oh my goodness! Have you seen uh, Fast and the Furious Five, Kevin? No, is that oh, what they, they do? Yes, they are. Uh, they <laughs> do a they do a the a bank heist that the whole movie leads up to, where they basically get like a a grappling hook on the back of their car and like tail a giant safe around, knocking down cop cars and bursting <laughs> it into buildings and shit. It's great. You should it's see a good it. Point. I yeah, I should get into those Fast and Furious. I'm sure there's uh, stuff that I can apply to Hello. Getaway. A lot of material to draw from, for certain. You can put The Rock in there, and John Cena, and all sorts of different <laughs> characters. Um, and uh, they're not here today, but I know Joey and Tyler have also been uh, been working on Sword Club, uh, the, our little uh, samurai game that we've, we've yet to, to show much more off of at this point. But yeah, th- those have been the, the main uh, things we've been, we've been uh, working away at at the moment. Um, and uh, we'll have more info about them as uh, soon as always, as we, we keep good. tweaking them Things and are adding stuff. Up. I can't wait to get some games out. Lots of games all at once. Lots of games all at once. We would love to see that. We're saying that right now. Um, small games. Small games for you. Uh, check them out on Sky Pirate Radio, as always. Lots of gifts there. 
um, so you can you can see the game before you play them. And hopefully, uh, uh, you'll be able to play them uh, sooner rather than later, maybe doing some testing stuff eventually and, and all that sort of thing. Yes. So get excited. Woohoo! But I've got a new segment, Kevin. Do you want to hear about it? Yes, I'm game for any segment. All right, this segment is uh, headline news. I might actually put an intro in here where I'm talking so it's not as embarrassing. Games are illegal. <laughs> Video games have been outlawed. World exclusive. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to headline news. Uh, we got some exclusive news. You're not going to hear this on any other game websites. Tell you what. Uh, first off, have you heard this business about Cooking Mama Cookstar, Kevin? No, I haven't heard about it. Holy shit. Oh, wait, okay. I think I heard something about maybe, maybe about, um, what was it? Like, the blockchain? I think I saw something about them, like, saying, don't worry, we're not, our game is not Bitcoin mining. <laughs> okay, so that's the first thing that happened. Oh, Is geez. that, is that... People looked into the game Fast Cooking Mama Cookstar and it looked like it was doing some kind of uh, Bitcoin, uh, you know, currency-ish mining in it, or, <laughs> or had some sort of had some sort of uh, you know code in it to imply that that was uh, going to be the case at some point. Maybe that's and what then... folding at home was on the PS3. Maybe that was actually uh, blockchain <laughs> mining before anyone knew. We were all tricked. You all got you all got Shanghai nooned on that one. Sorry, um, but this is the then the uh, the developers of the game Cooking Mama Cookstar came out and said no, that's not what we're doing. We had some code for a, a different like online service or something. It was a little shady, but you know believable, I guess. But they said that they uh, added an update where uh, they fixed some of the the power saving settings because apparently if you didn't if you played it undocked it would just uh, evaporate in like 40 minutes the battery wow. life of the switch which seems to imply some shifty shit yeah, going on if suspicious. you ask me um, but anyway uh, after that uh, we didn't hear much from the cooking mama cookstar developers because we heard from the cooking mama publishers and owners of the franchise and they released a statement Essentially saying that uh, originally they authorized the release of Cooking Mama Cookstar, but then they weren't satisfied with the output of the developers that they uh, decided to uh, make the game and have on contract to make it. Um, so, and they said, oh, a bunch of uh, updates and improvements that we suggested to them. Um, they did not do, and they just ended up releasing the game as it was in its kind of shitty state, is basically what they implied, and they weren't happy about it. Also, the developers of the game have announced that it will be coming to PS4. We don't know anything about this. <laughs> uh, we don't. Uh, we didn't want this game to come out. We're taking legal action now. So, wow. essentially, Cooking Mama Cookstar is a bootleg that wow. isn't meant to be out. That's and bizarre. It is considering the events that have been leading up to this too. Then this must I can't wait until like 2 years down the line where we find out there was this weird crazy story about this <laughs> this shifty company trying to do some bitcoin mining while they're putting out <laughs> yeah, their might as game. well get some bitcoin out of it. Yeah, but like there's always unlicensed games for systems, but this is completely unprecedented 
in that it's a big franchise that has just been everyone thought was the real deal and had the wool pull o- pulled over their eyes on it. That's so strange. Um, yeah, apparently uh, there's stuff like uh, in the game, the uh, cooking mama's hands are just like the default uh, 3D Unity asset hands <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, a lot of a lot of just uh, uh, Unity store objects, I'd assume. Uh, yeah, very, very strange. Um, mm. I think uh, I think they should get us to do the next Cooking Mama. I think we could do a better job than those guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> great Cooking Mama! I don't know. Yeah. I'm having a look at it now, but I can't tell if it's good or bad. I haven't looked. At, I haven't played the other ones. So I yeah, don't know I, I mean, Cooking Cooking Mama games, uh, the ones I played on the DS and stuff, are always fairly solid and fun. Just good mini game collections. I bet it's sort of the same deal here, but they just weren't happy with, uh, you know they didn't do any of the tweaks and improvements that uh, the publisher wanted them to uh, and okay. just released I, the game. That is a that is an unappealing hand that they're using. <laughs> is it? Not yeah. a nice hand? Well, they have like the cute kind of Cooking Mama character on screen and then just kind of a, a poorly made human hand. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, uh, that's Cooking Mama Cookstar. That's first on headline news. If you wanted to hear some fucking in- in- inane shit that's going on in the world right now other than <laughs> everything else. Um, another thing uh, I just heard about before coming on the show was that, and let me just check my... Yep, there it is. Uh, uh, a fella, uh, and now this could be hearsay, but I saw it on the website pressstart.com.au. And uh, Mike Heskin on Twitter at uh, is uh, says firmware ten point zero zero is adds preliminary support for a new hardware model in the Switch. Um, and three of the five new DRAM profiles are for this new hardware type. And there's evidence of a secondary display of sorts being added exclusively on this model. So this implies there might be a firm there has been a firmware update in which uh, second screen support could potentially uh, be made available for the switch or a model with a second screen or, or anything we don't know yet. What do you think, Kevin? What we could postulate on it a little bit? Well, I'm 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 glad I'm glad at the idea because I think that the Wii U had. A- uh, I think that the Wii U and having the stuff on the TV and also having that handheld part, um, yeah, it, that kind of set up for a lot of interesting games and stuff, but it never really got utilized or or like people and people wouldn't develop for it because there there wasn't enough copies sold. So hopefully, it comes back and you can do some some Wii U style stuff with it. Yeah. That was my impression of it too. I'd hope it would be something like that. Or, it, like, they've just added the ability, like, okay, you can hold a Switch while now playing a Switch on, on the TV as well, which would essentially be like Wii U support. Yeah. You just need two Switches. But yeah, I would think that would be really cool if you could do if you could do that. Or if it was like a <laughs> Nintendo DS model with two big-ass screens <laughs> on top of each other. Yeah. That would be pretty funny. Um, Nintendo's always doing silly stuff with screens. I'm looking forward to yeah. To like next. it seems, it seems like it's. I mean, they they found that uh, VR stuff in it, and then that turned out to be a real thing. Is that right? Did they find that before Nintendo announced it? Yeah, they found some sort of VR demo, and before they announced uh, the the Toycom VR or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, how how long has the Switch Lite been out? I don't know. Um, probably a little less than a year. I don't. It would be weird. I can't imagine it being a device that has two screens on it. It would fragment the. It would. There'd be all these different types of switches. <laughs> it would be weird. Yeah, I, that, that's that's why I figured it had to just be like you can buy another yeah. switch and then you can do a thing with it. Um, I think that'd be ideal. But yeah, that's uh, what I would expect. But it would be yeah. It's it's a big big cost to get that set up. Mm-hmm. Well, we're already halfway there. Or you can give <laughs> me my switch. Yeah, give me your switch, and then I can I can use it, and you won't be able to. That's Deal. the thing. That works out for me. Yeah, you can you can you can play PS two. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that 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 adds a new question uh, to to the Sky Pirate Studios. It posits a new question to us: What kind of Wii U game do we want to make now that it's back? It could potentially be back on the table uh, how would we optimize this uh, new ability to have a screen in our little palms and one on the the television screen well you think, kevin you could all they already had some stuff set up with like um you could already do the the namco museum versus pac-man or whatever couldn't you if you had two switches i mean i was i, believe I so i liked I really liked Nintendo Land, so I was kind of half-heartedly is like, well, I mean, <laughs> it's too big of a job for us to do, but I just wanted, I would want to make just Nintendo Land, just bring it back. Okay, we can do that. I'd love but to I make th- Nintendo Land. I, I love. Uh... Do, I think if we do see two screens, hopefully we'll see some sort of port of Nintendo Land because that uh, that one was a killer. Yeah, it was. It was certainly. Uh, I think uh, Luigi's Mansion, uh, the Ghost one, was was my favorite. Whenever we would play that, at yeah. the, the, you know, and uh, also Toad Hunt and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of classics in there. There's a few I haven't played. I never played like the Metroid one or the Zelda one and all that kind of stuff. Just mainly the the big yeah. multiplayer ones that the people's like. But yeah, we'll we'll do Nintendo Land, but we're gonna replace it with our old new original characters uh, that will. Uh, See if be... we can get the Garfield license, maybe. We could probably get Garfield license and then call it Garfield Party. You're right. <laughs> There'll be Odie and Garfield and Merville and John, and you can play as all the different characters. Wait, no, it's it's okay. So we do Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> and you're all the fucking animals, and you're running away from John. There you go. Mm. Boom, done it. Who, and as we all know, is uh, invisible and can only be seen with a flashlight. Well, yeah, well, yeah. It's because John has so such little self-esteem that he has no <laughs> presence in any room he's in he's until not he makes vi- himself he's not known. Visible. He's barely even visible uh, to them, and you have he's to collect. Barely all... corporeal. <laughs> Here's the comic twist, Kevin. You have to collect all the lasagna. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because it's are, Monday. Kids are going like... wild over Garfield at the moment. Man, I love that guy. So yeah, that's the. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to Garfield party. <laughs> can't, can't wait for that game to come out um, from us. And uh, that's headline news. Thanks for joining me for the new segment, Kevin. That was fun. I love headline news, um, and I'm sorry that I, I, I talked about. 
adopted the new controller too early. That should that's also headline news. No, that's that's okay. That was that was bursting. You were bursting to talk about I it. I saw you to talk about it. I saw you shaking before we started recording, and I knew there was something you needed to talk about. So I'm I, glad you. Uh, I've been took... screaming it at midnight in an empty warehouse, but it's just not scratch. <laughs> it doesn't scratch the itch unless someone hears it. Mm-hmm. You need someone present for the moment. I'm glad I could be here for you, buddy. Uh, so that's that's headline news. Let's go into what 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 we've been playing a little bit over these days. I'm sure there's you know not 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 much to do right now. We're all inside, all just hanging out, waiting for this stuff to be over. Uh, doing the best we can as a human race. So, uh, Kevin, what have you been uh, uh, up to in your own uh, confinement? I got Nintendo Online. Because I wanted yeah. to uh, do the online Animal Crossing. Ari um, got friend Animal of the Crossing. show. Friend of the show, big hero. Um, he got Animal Crossing too. So <laughs> I was hoping maybe we could visit each other's islands, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, instead, I've played some Splatoon Salmon Run, which is a is a game and a mode that I like. Um, mm. Still I active would... on the Splatoon Two, the servers. Yeah. Um, awesome. I was kind of. It's it has a similarity with Getaway Grand Prix in that you have to kind of get items and take them back to a certain spot so i was trying to have a look and see if there was anything to be learned from that but no not really because in that one you can only hold one at a time so they're they're too different um Mm. but then apart from that i've also look i've been playing devil world because i've been looking at different kind of pac-man like games and seeing what what they have in them, and if there's anything that uh, I want to put in Getaway Grand Prix. Um, so Devil World is pretty cool. <laughs> You're a little dragon, um, mm. and you catch some stuff. It's a it's a weird one. There's not much to it, but it looks pretty, and so does Excite Bike. I really like with Dev- before we get to excite but yeah. I, the thing I really like about Devil World is uh, the I, I think the HUD is kind of interesting with the devil standing on top of the the maze yeah. that you're on and he can kind of point the direction that the the maze is going or whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's formatted kind of interesting. I, I haven't played it very recently. Is it just kind of like a, a Pac-Man get all the uh, the pellets get through the maze? Yeah. So there's a there's a maze. The maze scrolls around. So apparently this was a um, a feature of these kind of early Pac-Man ports is that the home consoles, they just didn't have enough screen space really to put Pac-Man on it. And so yeah. they would normally have a scrolling screen, which made them quite bad because you didn't know where the ghosts were. So you would just run into them. Um, but Devil World made it part of the game by having you kind of make your way through the maze Uh, and it scrolls by itself and you don't want to get kind of squashed against the edge of the screen Um, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting idea Um, yeah the maze so the maze kind of scrolls by itself there's the devil up the top who who scrolls it around which is a fun kind of character powered thing it's like I mean because you could just have it scroll around by itself but um, I guess I think this was an early uh, 
Miyamoto game as well, and Excite Bike was too. And you can kind of see how um, he's interested in kind of injecting character and stuff into the into the games, and they all look pretty as well. Um, so you there's like crosses around, so you have to pick up a cross to be able to eat the pellets, um, but eventually they run out, and you have to pick up a new one. And another thing that they let you do is shoot fireballs at the enemies. And then I guess, then I think you can eat the enemies, but I don't know if that gives you points or something. Mm. Um, and it, part of the thing with the, with the like NES limitations is that it'll scroll, it scrolls fine left to right. It scrolls normally, but when it scrolls up and down, it does it. It has to do it like tile by tile. So it's like it's a it's a weird rough edge part of that game, um, mm. but yeah, it's interesting to see all those characters. There, there's fun characters and stuff, but you know we never saw it because it didn't come to it didn't come to America because it have all the religious symbols in it. Oh, oh, did this game not come out back in the day in uh, Australia? I don't know. It mm. didn't come out in it didn't come out in America, so it's kind of a and it was a early one, so I guess it ended up being lesser known. Huh. Yes, I do. I do like the the characters in that one, especially the devil is a funny little guy. Yeah, the devil is the 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 hero of of that game. Yeah, the star of the show. Really, it's his world. It is. So it is. We're just living in it. <laughs> um, there's also uh, Excite Bike. Uh, which I've I've heard talk of in the in the Slack. You've been you've been yes, I've been playing out. Excite Bike. So I also because I had Nintendo Online, I also had the the online NES games, and so I decided to play Excite Bike to have a look at you know some of the UI and stuff, and I figured out how to play it properly. I guess <laughs> is how I would say it. I mean, like, so I'd played it a lot before. I'd played it a few times before. Um, I knew that you kind of, you want to go for jump, and then you kind of wanted to turn so that you landed back on your wheels again. Um, but yeah. I didn't know that you could, like, lean, if you, like, leant backwards as you went off a jump, you could go higher, or if you leant forwards, you could go, you could go forward. And that opens up a whole world of possibilities because you can <laughs> actually try and like land jumps and and do beautiful leaping arcs and stuff. That's what I think is the hero of Excite Bike is when you're able to actually go off and uh, actually jump and land all these all these jumps so that you're flowing through it. Part of like part of it as well, I guess, is that it's kind of you fall. It's so easy to kind of fall off your bike or to not land perfectly and lose momentum. That when you've learned enough and you're practiced enough to actually, you know, get a lap where you actually hit everything, uh, it feels mm. really good. Yeah, you have to sort of land on both wheels, don't you? If you want to maximize your your speed going out of a jump, if, from what I yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of becomes a game of just you know. Uh, with all the lumps and bumps and 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 jumps, you gotta land uh, uh, just so everywhere you go, so that you're always 
Yeah, but the thing, I guess the thing that I was missing from it is I didn't know that you could kind of change your trajectory as you went. So there's lots of times where... Sort of lean your bike. Yeah, so there'll be like stuff where there's like high jumps or something. You have to like clear something or land on the top of like a big mound. Then you can kind of pull back so you can get high enough to land on top of it. Or if you're going off of um, the kind of big... The like little triangle jumps that shoot you really far. You can lean forward and get a bunch of extra um, speed and stuff off of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I've been watching this. I had a look at some of the speed runs as well because I remember watching them because they're they're very crazy because of the way that if you jump high enough, you'll wrap around to the bottom of the screen. <laughs> And so you get these combos where they'll do a giant jump that goes off the top of the screen, they'll wrap around to the bottom, rise back up, and then land on another jump and launch that's up again. Very, that's and very comical. Managed to get some, gain some in, insane speed. Um, I, it's crazy. That's, that's very wild. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that game uh, still holds up very well. I mean, it's just like a, it's, it's just idea and execution, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it works great. It, I guess it was, it was, um, they looked at the hardware and saw what it could do, and, and used it to its best. And it also looks really nice. Um, you'll have fun little motorbike guys. You can. There's kind of just enough stuff you can do as well, right? Because you can go off those jumps. You can also kind of lean back while you're on the ground to do a mono, and that can get you over mm-hmm. the kind of little wall jumps and stuff. Right. Um, and the different tracks have kind of different color palettes that are all. It looks really nice. It's a. It's a very. I'm kind of stunned by how. It's kind of it seems very simple and it's uh, a beautiful work of art. Mhm. The music's great too. Um, yeah. For for what even though it's not during gameplay, it's usually just like the title theme and, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a bike game. It's a great game. Everyone loves Excite Bike. Um, yeah. It's 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 interesting. I don't. I didn't think about how Miyamoto was was ha- had his fingers in the pies of both uh Excite Bike and uh Devil World as well. He was doing so much stuff back then. Yeah, it's interesting. He always brought um he always made them look very nice. <laughs> yeah, little little cute characters and, and a lot of personality going on. Cuz I played um, one of the other ones I played was um I think it's Clue Clue Land. <laughs> Uh-huh. The one where you have to grab the the one where you have to grab the like the poles to spin around, and that one is that's a that one's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember of that game too. Is that's just kind of it's kind of odd puzzler, I think. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really I don't really have anything to say about it. You have to move around by kind of grabbing poles, but like comparing it to Devil World. It just doesn't look as nice, and it doesn't have a kind of a a. It doesn't kind of set the stage with a theme or or anything like that, which uh, mm. Devil Land does. It's it's at least the kind of novel idea that it, this ball thing is sticking its hands out and can grab the poles to to you know do a U turn or whatever. 
going whichever direction it needs to. Yeah, they went they went for like kind of a interesting base concept in that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like the the rest of it's all like fish and underwater themed, and it's like that doesn't really have anything to do with grabbing poles to move around. So yeah, Cluku Land, a little bit of a head scratcher there. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of it. But, I mean, you know. it's 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 good. I imagine you could get into it, but the like, it's just the thing that makes it the hardest is to try and understand how to use those poles to move around. Yeah. Hmm. It's the the big challenge. Yeah. Has that been uh, all for the NES uh, Entertainment Online? Yes. All right. I'm glad you've been you've been going back through a lot of that stuff. There's there's some the NES is a super old system, but there's still a lot of a few games in there that just uh, really hold up super well. I feel. Yes, Even... there's many little treasures. I love old games because they are simple. Hmm. And the best ones have to you know you have to kind of choose. They have to pick what's in them very carefully. And I guess that, that kind of mm-hmm. goes with the same thing I was saying um, in a recent episode about how I enjoyed Deus Ex the Fall because it, uh, they had to take out, they had to put in only the most Deus Ex things and only a few. So it was very focused. Yes. And you pretty much only get focused experiences on something like the NES with how um, rudimentary the hardware is. Yeah. Or you'll get like a big, uh, a huge uh, kind of ambitious experience that is does not hold up well. Could, yeah, know. a lot of, like a lot of a lot of NES games don't really work. <laughs> yeah, a bit a bit too big for their own britches. I feel. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's also a lot that are just made by. I don't know. I guess they maybe they didn't know how to make a good game yet. I don't know. There's lo- like a lot of <laughs> platformers and stuff are like there's like there's a handful of very good NES platformers and then there's so many more that are like just barely playable. Mm, I'm still getting a read on how to do the platformer thing back then. I feel like for a lot mm. of uh, companies um you know, a lot more just uh weird uh, death drops and and uh yeah, weird level design going on in a lot of those early ones. Um, when we eventually do Let's Play videos, we should uh, go and play um, uh, the Tom and Jerry uh, game. It's a platformer. <laughs> Is it good? No. Oh, of course dear. not. Uh, and uh, <laughs> wasn't there like a um? Uh, uh, what's Fucking forget it. I'm not doing this right now. All right, next. <laughs> I can't. I'm. I'm excited to do every kart racer. Yeah, we're gonna do. What's that? We played a kart racer one time. That game was interesting. Do you remember that? Which one? Do you it remember was, uh, anything that was in it? Uh, it was like Toon Racer or something. Yeah, like Motor Toon Grand Prix. All right, great game. There was a sequel too, was there not? Or yeah, I played. I played a lot of the sequel. It's quite good. I I was watching videos of those ones recently, just because I was mm. wanted to see some funny cartoon racetracks. They have a, yes. they have like a very pretty kind of a diorama feel to them. 
Yeah, I remember when you were showing me footage of the second game, I think. There was, like, a lot of movement in the tracks, which I found to be very impressive. Like, the, the, the track would, like, a, like, roll up and down and all that kind of thing going on. Which yeah, there just... was... In the first one, there was, um... The first one, there's only got, like, three tracks, and they're all... They they're all seem like someone opened up like it's their first time using 3D modeling software and they just opened up and they just made something crazy and then that's what is the game. Because <laughs> one of yeah it's one of game. those one of those early tracks there's like heaps of rooms where you, you go in and then the track is just like there's huge bumps everywhere and there's like black holes that sink down into the ground. Oh like what gosh. is this? This is crazy. What a fever dream. So we'll definitely play those, and we'll play Looney Tunes, Space Race. We'll play all the all the big hits the out there. Ones. The Walt Disney yeah. World one, the Muppets one, Toy Story. There's a Walt Disney World one? Yeah. It's, oh, yeah, it's, like Disney Toon Racer or something. Yeah, you, it has, like... For some reason, it doesn't have, like, any Disney characters in it. It's got, like, Chip and Dale, and, like... But there's, there's no, like, Mickey or Goofy for some reason. I don't know why. Huh, okay. They, they couldn't make it. Other, <laughs> they uh, were busy. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll talk a little bit about what I've been playing. Uh, if you want to talk about experiences that are simple and easy to understand and don't have a lot of controls, then you don't want to play uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica because <laughs> it is a... That, I, I don't even know where to start with this shit. Like, the the other ones were really, you know, I, I could kind of talk about them and what makes them good and all that sort of thing and, and how they're different from the last ones. But this one's just a total... It's... There's so much going on. It's, uh... Okay. So, they it's it's the first one on the PS2 and they built a new engine, um, which is pretty impressive. There's a, <laughs> In the, like, first half of the game a lot of times... No, oh, I should mention I'm playing this with Arjai. Very... On our uh, romantic Resident Evil quest... Uh, there's, throughout the first half of the game, there's always, like, lights swinging, you know, sort of ambient lighting, you're holding a lighter for, like, the first 30 minutes of the game, there's a lot of ambient lighting that they really wanted to show off to everybody. You're playing as Claire in this one, you're going to a, you go, you end up on a prison island to, I think, to look for umbrella activity, or look for your brother Chris, or look for Albert Wesker, no, not look for Albert Wesker, because you don't know he's alive at this point. Um, but, uh, y- 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 it's a prison island, and it's, it turns out, Kevin, it's, it's actually full of zombies, which is a, a big problem, uh, it's, it, and, uh, you've got to deal with all the zombies, you got to shoot them all, uh, there are different kinds of zombies in this one, um, there's, uh, jelly men, <laughs> which are these golden men that, uh, have big, sticky Mr. Fantastic arms, and and uh, they can they're actually kind of interesting. You can, if you start running away from them, they can like stick, cling up to walls, and like climb up to bigger areas really quickly, and like cut you off as you're running away from them, which is uh, pretty exciting. Uh, there's also just a, a million annoying guys, like uh, <laughs> little 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 bats that'll poison you and then you got to get blue herbs and deal with that and oh if you leave the area and come back they'll respawn so don't bother killing them uh a a lot of that going on it's just uh sometimes with those games it's very what i don't like about them in that sense is that 
it's incredibly unclear, especially in this one, when you should be killing zombies or when you should just leave them and run. Because mm. sometimes you might just go back to an area and be like, oh, I fucking, they're all back. So why did I do that? I just wasted a ton of ammo that I, I will need later on if I want to win this game. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it, it's kind of a bit more uh, in comparison to Free, which is very linear and action-based, a bit more of a return to form. Uh, you're, you're sort of based on this one island that uh, is, you're sort of backtracking around and solving puzzles and, and all that sort of thing. Um, the story is complete nonsense. Uh, just, just, it tries to make you care about all these, uh, these new characters that might be the worst characters I've seen. There's a fella named Steve in this <laughs> game who you meet with. And Steve has the worst voice ever. He he is just like he's this young anime-looking handsome boy, and he's just like, "What's up? Yeah, check out my guns. I'm really cool." And, and, and trying to make trying to be real real badass dude, but his voice is just completely not fitting for him. And he's kind of a a creep, and uh, he. I, I just got to tell you about this plot twist. I'm sorry, Kevin, but it okay. happens early on. Um, Steve is on this island. He says, I'm a prisoner. I can't I, I can't get out of here. Can you help me? Because there's a bunch of zombies here now. And Claire's like, yeah, okay. So you're going through the island with uh, this, this Steve character who is a, a bit emotional and has two golden guns. And uh, <laughs> at a certain point, you... Uh, uh, are being ambushed by a zombie. Oh no, when you're crawling away and you're, you're almost going to get killed by this zombie and Steve comes out with his two guns. He's like, he's, he's hesitating a lot because he's uh, he's not sure about this guy. He must have known him before uh, or, or something and, and he's about to come up on Claire and eat her and oh no, it's gone right to her neck and then he goes, Father! And he shoots the zombie. <laughs> <laughs> And as it turns out, he had to, he, he joined, his dad was an umbrella operative or something like that who ended up getting imprisoned on this island and he went to rescue him and that was his dad. <laughs> and it was the fucking dumbest plot twist of all time. And no, then that's it, like, the Resident on... Evil I know and love. Yeah, it's it's so, and, and it uses that just like one, I just shot the shit out of my dad so that you get the sympathy <laughs> card with, with Steve. But it really doesn't work. He still just comes off as like a little little shithead. <laughs> um, um, and it goes a lot of places. At one point, you uh, there's a, a rich couple uh, that appears to be uh, into. Uh, no, they're not a couple. They're a brother and sister. But you'd be you you would be remiss to be confused about that because they do act like a, a they have a sexual bond, which is really gross. Um, and there's a lot of that going on, like a big, uh, <laughs> rich mansion in this, uh, fucking, uh, prison facility. Uh, at a certain point you end up in a plane and go to Antarctica about halfway through the game. Um, that's not a joke. This is really what happens. No, yeah, I believe and that it's, happens. It's, <laughs> it's, it, and, and... The story is, is stupid and weird, but it's a little bit harder to get behind because you, you just don't like anyone. Mm. Um, like, uh, Steve... Uh, they, they try to push this romantic arc with, with Steve and Claire, 
which only just gets started on your uh, plane trip to Antarctica. You both fall asleep in the plane <laughs> on the way there. And then Steve wakes up and he's like, oh, there's a girl. And he goes to ki- he goes to kiss Claire oh while she's God. sleeping. And uh, yeah, and there's no, from this point, there is like no established like, you know, like kinship between these two. They're just both trying to survive in this horrible situation. It's so creepy and weird. And then from that point, it's, it keeps trying to shoehorn like, oh, Claire fell on top of Steve. Now they're in love. <laughs> it's like, oh, we haven't finished it yet. We're about halfway through the game. I... We're still yet to find out what happens to Steve and Claire, but uh, oh man, I would uh, I I would sure be sad if uh, Steve ended up sacrificing himself or something. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a sad story if that happened? It it, it just feels very telegraphed um, at this point. But uh, yeah, a telegraph story and also the game is just seems incredibly annoying to play. Because it's a lot of, like, running through areas where you will be hurt or you will be uh, poisoned. And, and uh, it's like spinning plates at a certain point of just being mm. like, okay, I'm on top of this, I'm on top of that. Make sure I've done this puzzle and this one. you got to make sure it's uh, it's still spooky and not just annoying. Because yeah. another thing this game does is uh, it brings back fixed camera angles, but you can kind of... Uh, they uh, The camera swings around in this one. Because the, the environments are all rendered this time. Okay. So they're able to move the camera in the space. Which is kind of interesting. And they can get away with some, some interesting tricks. And uh, some cinematography stuff. Um, like stuff uh, hanging out in the foreground or in the background. And, and that kind mm. of thing. But uh, too often the fixed camera will just be like... Oh, there there was a they just planted a little guy behind that pipe in the foreground that you can't see, huh? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> That's good. Thank you for that. Thanks. I just died because of that. That's really cool. Uh, it's it, it's a lot of just like oh we're gonna trip you up now. It, it's a bit. It's a feels a bit more like a haunted house, in that they're they're intentionally putting things in places to fuck with you, mm. which is a bit mean. Um, but uh, that's that's Code Veronica for now. I'll let you know how that one goes. Maybe it'll have a really satisfying conclusion. <laughs> right now, it's <laughs> really very all over the place. Lately. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, here's, but here's something I've been playing that is a, a, just a good warm time. I brought out my PS Vita, I, and I, uh, downloaded, uh, some of the PS1 games I bought on it a long time ago, and one of them that I've been meaning to play for years and years, and figured I'd check out, is, uh, Klonoa, uh, Daughter Phantomile. Have you ever played this, Kevin? Any of the Klonoa games? That's the one that's, um, you're like a little, you're a little fairy black and white dude and it's like a platform, yeah you got a little 3D. pac-man on your hat yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I am aware of of them oh, okay yeah so i think it got i did get port it did get a remake for the wii at some point but uh, this is the yeah. only one i've played it's it's so wonderful i love it so much it's just a uh, it it uh, you're a little 2d sprite and, and all the enemies sprites are 2d and uh it, the background and environments all 3d rendered and there's a lot of points where um you know, you'll sort of be making it around bends and stuff and, you, and the environment will warp and sort of produce a 3D effect. Or you'll find branching paths like you uh, jump up onto a log that seems to go off into the background and then the camera will switch around like Fez and then you'll be going that way. Mm. Um, so, to, you know, a lot of branching paths and doing stuff in that uh, 3D environment. It runs really well. I like Klonoa's, like, uh, sort of main gimmick. What they can do is they... Uh, they basically grab an enemy and then you're holding it and then you can uh, throw that enemy or you can use it as a double jump 
like you throw the enemy to the ground and go wow after your first jump hmm. and then and kill it um and they base a lot of the uh, puzzles around that idea um and just moving around in the space being able to jump a few times when you're grabbing enemies or like uh, for boss battles and stuff like that the boss battles have been really good they sort of take they're all in like a, a 3d arena that you'd have to run around the boss and, and sort of figure out what their thing is usually throwing an enemy at it <laughs> but still you know hey they, they get away with a lot with like a pretty uh simple premise which mm. i think is very cool um in particular to uh you know how that premise is negotiated in like a 2.5d space which you don't see a whole lot of even today um handled very well but uh, gosh, I just—it's the music's great, the the visuals are great, everything about it is wonderful. I just love playing it. I like sitting there in a dark room with a with my screen lit up, looking at this little this little furry dog thing going on his way. Mm. Um, that but that's that's Klonoa. That's really all I've I, I've needed a reprieve from Code Veronica. It's too much. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. But that's mainly uh, what I've been up to. Nothing nothing new. Just just some of the old. Uh, just going what about back to Snack the, World. All right. Well, okay. Look, everyone's <laughs> been asking me about Snack World once again. I've been, I've, I look. Here's what I'll say. I've still been playing Snack World. There's still stuff going on, uh, but it's kind of hit a point at the moment where I'm just sort of going through the motions, mm. and so yeah, it's a. It, I've got. I kind of. I kind of kind of wait wait and see what happens with the story stuff it hasn't it doesn't really move anywhere it's gotten a little bit more serious my guy apparently has a tragic backstory and that's kind of hilarious because <laughs> they didn't he skipped breakfast yeah uh, he skipped breakfast no my no my home village of fucking onion town or whatever was destroyed <laughs> by uh by the big bad uh bad guy whose name is sultan vinegar oh that's funny um <laughs> He's a, he's a, yeah, there. It's good stuff. Uh, I can't wait to see, see where it all goes. Uh, I can't wait to take down Sultan Vinegar, um, and all these different characters. Did you know there's um, a Kafefe joke in that game, Kevin? I did not. There's the the. You remember the Donald Trump thing where he posted a oh, dumb do. tweet that was like, and there's uh, the main cafe that you go to sometimes is called Kafefe Cafe, and oh I'm like, where the fuck? When Why was this you written? Do that? I don't do know. That? That's so bad. It sucks. And there's like a couple of like, there's a couple of like, I saw, I noticed one, at least one wall joke. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck off. Not, <laughs> not in the cafe, just like elsewhere in the game. Someone was into jokes about Trump. They were feeling Weird. it on, in, during this localization. I'm so uh, grateful that we have you as our uh, Snack World correspondent. Yeah, I'll let you know if there's any developments on that. Uh, any 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 changes? Uh, I've got I've always got my fingers on the pulse of Snack World. I do enjoy it. <laughs> um, there's a lot. One uh, next time I'll talk a bit more about the the mechanics because there's some interesting stuff. Like um, when you're in dungeons, you uh, sort of have to keep switching weapons to accommodate for the different types of enemies you're attacking, and it'll uh, automatically do like show like a little prompt on screen of like, hey, press this button, change to this weapon, and start messing up this enemy with the the weapon it's weak to hmm. so you're doing a lot of like stopping and swapping and using different kinds of weapons that have different like uh you know uh s swing times and that kind of thing um or attack frames i should say uh 
and it's cool. There's some satisf- I have a, I have a new axe, Kevin. It's got a cat's paw on it, and when I hit people with the axe, they go flying. It's very mm. satisfying. It's like a Good. little firework show. But that's Snack World. That's a, as always, thank you for asking. Thanks, everyone, for asking. Um, now, we should get to the game everyone's been talking about <laughs> since we announced it as Game Club. Game Club, Club of the Week. ZX House Attack. It's uh, it's on the iPhone and it's on the Android. It's made by Wild Beep, and it's kind of in the st- well, kind of. It's exactly in the style of ZX Spectrum games. Um, it's like a Jet Set Willy and that sort of thing, except for this is much more simplified. It's a one-button game where you sort of just hold the screen to move forward, let go to stop, and and you kind of have to time out precisely what you're doing in all these tight little levels. As, you, as you're going around watching out for perils. Did you play much uh, much of the game, Kevin? I got up to level 5. Wow. Which you got is... a little further than me. I think I'm at 4. It's it's Cause... so brutal. It's very hard! <laughs> like, from the get-go, it does not mess around. It's very, very tight. Like, you have to... There's not much room for error at any sort no. of point. You have to have a good run, or, or it's uh, done and dusted. Um, yeah, everything is every all the kind of hitboxes and stuff is just like if you if you like if your the brim of your hat touches a bat's wing, then it's all over for you. <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, if you if we look back on the ZX Spectrum games, they do did have a tendency for being uh, very brutal too, is my understanding. At least stuff like uh, Jet Set. Yeah. Really. I yeah, but, I expect uh, that it, it definitely it definitely looks all authentic, and I'm sure it um, probably plays that way too. Uh, yeah, I, I think the one button thing is sort of you know it's sort of tr- uh, transferring those ideas from the spectrum into a you know simple iPhone game, and naturally yeah. you have to go a bit more minimal with it. But I think it, I think the idea of it being like oh you can't really mess up here. You have to do everything just so. Make sure you get the key, bounce off the wall here, go back up the trampoline, past the little insect man, and uh, back around all the way to the door. Um, one thing that I miss uh, from stuff like Jet Set... I think my favourite... Fi- I, I have a weird uh, fondness for that game, even though I haven't played it a whole lot. I used to read about it a lot in uh, video game magazines I'd buy and stuff as a kid. Um... I like, like, a, a platformer that has a weird, persistent environment. Like, it, usually that game, like, that game takes place in, like, a house or something at the first part. And uh, it's screen-based, so you have to move by through each screen to get to the next area. And each, uh, each area has, like, a little name that'll be like, Oh, it's the telly and the fridge. Or something <laughs> like that. Or it'll be like, oh, here's the, here's the street na- here's, the, here's the street that the developer lived on for this level. You know, like just yeah. like different or like inside jokes and stuff. I, I love that kind of thing. I also have a real huge fondness for the way uh, ZX Spectrum games look. I think all the colors are just beautiful that they are, uh, even though those are the, the necessary ones for the system. I think I think it's just like the the, the black contrasting against like the, the fluorescent greens and yellows and pinks and that sort of thing. I think it's a really nice palette. Yeah, it definitely has its uh, own specific look. Yes, for certain. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'd like to keep playing it. I think it's really fun. Uh, to to, it's at least great for like a you know a, a game that you're just playing while you're you're waiting for a doctor's appointment or something like that. Yeah, just keep keep giving it a go and, and trying it out. And and it's uh I don't know if there's been many uh, one button games in that uh, particular uh, style, so that's fun. Yeah. ZX House Attack. Um. Oh crap, Kevin. I <laughs> didn't think of a new one again. Um, there's a guy who's making some sort of Simon's Quest inspired game. He's got a demo out for that. I'd be interested in doing that one. What's that called? Sorry. Um, I think he called it Simon. I think he actually called it Simon's Quest. I'm trying to. Yeah, let's see. That's interesting. I looked up Simon's Quest, Kevin. It's given me. It's giving me this game from 1987. <laughs> Simon's Quest to Transylvania Adventure. <laughs> that it's sounds very, really good. Hold it's, on, let me... um, yeah, it's a weird one. He like because he, he keeps saying that he keeps <laughs> writing. I I following him on Twitter and he's posted a few times about like it's not. This isn't a fan game. It's a new. It's a new original game. It's like okay, well, you shouldn't call it. Well, I guess it's the idea is that the character's name is Simon Quest, which that's pretty. It yeah, it's just Simon Quests. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when people are confused by your confusingly named game. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's so. The game, just for the record, everybody that we've chosen is uh, Simon Quest Transylvania Adventure. Um, and it looks, it's got the name of a Castlevania game, and it's also got the looks of a Castlevania game. It looks pretty cute, though. Um, uh, yeah, let's play some Castlevania. I'm in the mood for something like that. Mm. I, I want to, I want a tough-as-nails platforming experience that'll have me on the edge of my seat and my, my toes, uh, uh, on end. Um, now... Do you want to hear about the last segment, Kevin? This is exciting. Yes, I'm prepared. We have, well, you know, we have a couple of questions. We're <gasps> in the question box. For we've got, we've got, we called, asked and answered. We called for questions, and and here we are with some from uh, a good little man named Alex. You know, I hear on the Nintendo was... Switch that uh, with the controller you can tilt the controller around and feel how many questions are in the question box. Yes, and right now there there is there's a few of them. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna say it's it's a lot, and we're not gonna say it's a little. So, but we will say that we're always asking for more questions. So make sure to email us at questions at skypiratestudios.com or on Twitter. You can just hit us up anytime at skypirateradio. Anytime, What's your favorite please, color? Any any question, any anything you have to say. What's your favorite hobby? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite thumb size? Where Where are you gonna go next? You can ask us all sorts of things. All sorts of questions <laughs> about our lives and our times, or our games that we're making. Um, and so, for these two questions, they've actually asked us about that. First off, uh, he wants to know about the uh, some of the inspirations uh, for Getaway Grand Prix. He knows it's it seems very similar to a, a Pac-Man, specifically like Championship Edition or something like that. 
but I, also uh, other influences and also artistic uh, influences as well for the game. Okay, so I so originally Joey came forward with the idea of kind of a like a ice blocky slidey puzzle game um, where you would be driving with a car. Yeah, so it was kind yeah. of a, a gangster, a gangstery one, and then I thought of I just kind of turned that into Pac-Man. I don't remember exactly exactly why. I just I just imagined it <laughs> one day. I I guess I thought of that. You car saw it idea in your mind's eye, and I thought, yes, let's do that. I don't know. I think I part of it as well as was I. I think I had read some, or I was like watching some videos or something about Pac-Man and how the ghosts tracked you, and I was like, oh, that's actually a really simple uh, way of doing it that would be, that would allow me to uh, make a, a kind of a Pac-Man-y thing. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely inspired by that. I think Pac-Man is a very good design, um, and... Uh, it's a very exciting change in in kind of the situation when you get your power pellets, and the drifting in it is inspired by the sparks from uh, Championship Edition. Um, it's also kind of inspired by a game on the App Store called Drop Wizard Tower, which is um, it's interesting. It's kind of a it's a simplified. It's kind of like Snow Bros or, or Bubble Bobble, but you kind of, you can move left and right, and then any time you drop down onto a platform, you kind of shoot out a spell which stuns the enemy, and then you can walk into them and uh, and make them bounce around. And I think that's, in my kind of designs that I'm looking for to make at the moment, I want to find stuff that is, like, simple, so you can uh, play it on a phone without many inputs but also you know deep enough that you could port it to other systems as well and it wouldn't feel like oh it's just just a mobile game or whatever right so that's that's where that's the kind of thing that I was trying to look for and also trying to keep things as simple as possible just so we're a, able to get more games out so those are kind of all the considerations I think that went into the went into the design part um, for the visuals, um, the cars are kind of, the cars in the environment at the moment are kind of based off of, um, what's that one called? Retro City Rampage? Because that one had a lot of, a lot of good, uh, low-res cars and stuff in it. Um, and then I guess also the Game Boy Color, um, like Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. I played those games um, long after they came out, but I really loved how kind of simple and straightforward they were, and also the uh, the the way the art looked and what you could do with those things. So that's kind of those are the inspirations for the art side of it. Hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, in, in terms of like a little bit of the flavor. Um, uh, some you know like of course cops and robbers car chase stuff from cinema and also uh, a little bit of Lupin the Third in there as well. Yeah. Definitely. Um. In terms of 
terms of some some creative uh you know cartoony uh physics going on and then just uh you know silly silly cartoon car chase hijinks yeah that's uh, definitely the vibe i think for for us that's i mean for me that's kind of a big part like i want to i want to take because some of these things um i mean look there there are lots of car chase games and stuff and there are lots of wild west games um but is there lots where you can shoot the support out of the water tower and then it falls down and collapses on people? Like, I want to... I'm, I'm inspired to take these kind of genres and how can you break down the tropes into parts that can also be game mechanics and then build them back up to have, uh, you know, exciting car chase or western shootout things happen? Yeah, so it's it's very organically including, uh, you know, the the vibes and, and feelings and, and tropes that happen from those kind of set pieces into the, the core gameplay, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, so that's where, you know, the, this game has, like, jumps and stuff in it, uh, the, the mm-hmm. docks that break as you drive over them, and the police cars kind of get destroyed as they follow behind you. Yeah. Um, so different stuff like that we're looking to put in. It, it kind of almost reminds me of, like, if you think about, like, a pinball conversion of a movie or something like that, where it'll yeah. be like, oh, if the ball goes in this zone, it's, uh, it's in the, you know, it's in the Batman zone. <laughs> it's, in, it's, in the, it's in the Riddler zone. Oh, the ball's in the Riddler zone, answer a riddle or something like that. Or, like, oh, it's just bounced against a, a, a building in Gotham City and knocked it down or whatever. Um, in terms of adding context from the, the movie or the original property into the... Uh, or tropes yeah. or whatever into the game to play with. So um, I'd like to also announce Getaway Pinball, uh, sequel <laughs> to Getaway Grand Prix. It's going to be a physical uh, arcade uh, pinballer. Oh well, yeah, I had an idea. Just like I want to, we kind of had to put uh, Blazing Barrels on hold because we didn't have the funds to finish it. But I'm I'm going to bring it back to. I'm going to try and make a mobile version of it. Uh, soon it'll be one of my projects on a weekend get the get kind of version where you can run around and shoot guys but another idea I had for for bringing that back was to just reuse all the sprites and make it a pinball game which would also be pretty fun oh yeah that would that would be good but yes it was jury's still not out on uh, blazing barrels that's something we'd be hoping to to get to at a a larger capacity once we have uh, you know released a few uh, smaller projects first yeah. off um, Alex has one more uh, little question for a game we haven't heard of for a little bit um, he, he also wanted to ask about the uh, how the somewhat uh, non-intuitive approach to Lamplit came to be and, and I, I don't know if he's referring to the um, sort of grid based stuff or if he might be referring to the uh, lamp mechanic which was sort of implemented uh, like a, a bit into that game's development. But uh, it would be interesting to, to talk about both. I know there were inspirations for, for both of those, uh, for yeah. at least for the grid stuff. So I think the... I went into it, I just kind of had a drawing of... Um, there was just like a, a warrior down the bottom and like a pit and like a skeleton. And that was basically all I had when I started making it. Um, so, 
that kind of grid stuff came into it after a time as I kind of I don't know it didn't it didn't feel like it was coming together with the, just the because it was originally worked kind of like a shoot 'em up where you could move left and right and you kind of had, you could attack guys as they came down but it uh yeah a bit of an auto run yeah it didn't it didn't feel like it was working that well so I changed it into um a a grid thing and then grid grid based maybe Maybe it'll get changed again, I don't know. Because I think maybe... The the way it is at the moment, there's, there's some issues with it. But there's there's lots of art, and then the, I think the lantern part is a good idea. So it'll... We'll, I'll get back to it, and we'll, and we'll sort it out. Yeah, um, I, I think I think in terms of... The, the lantern was only added about, like, you know, not at the start. We That was just an idea you kind of stumbled on when we were trying to figure out that tension between you moving forward and, and you know, being uh, be, uh, having to stop and be killed. Um, I think it was just a time... We just had... We were going to have a time limit. Um, and so I think I just came up with that as a... as a as a way to visually represent it. And then I think that ended up giving it kind of a lot of its... of what, what will end up being kind of its tone and its... And its ambiance I guess is uh having that um having the kind of darkness encroach in on you as well and it also makes it interesting by because it uh it will conceal stuff and hopefully that'll allow for some stuff where you know they'll you know two monsters that maybe look similar in the darkness but have different behaviors up close different stuff like that mm-hmm. for sure uh and it's interesting that we were just talking about Simon's Quest because that was one of uh, when I was sort of coming up with some flavor text and 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 some background concepts for the uh, lore of the game. That was kind of one of my main uh, drawing points um, in terms of like creating a, a lore that even if it was by accident in that case uh, gives gives it a mysterious uh, sort of aura and flavor. A little bit of a shrouded in mystery. Everyone uh, talking in, in weird non sequiturs about strange fish that you speak to if you got a windstone, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. I was very. I, I looked back at it the other day. The the like uh, sort of one of the the lore things I wrote as a as a, a, a backstory for the the game in, in case we needed it for for drawing from. And I was very happy with it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, a lot of the the little the like really short um like descriptions for the stuff in the shop that you wrote I found very funny. It'll be good to get all of that together. It'll have a fun vibe. Yeah, it'll be a fun uh fantasy high fantasy uh action silly game to play with the family. <laughs> um all of these games are family games. We don't. We haven't said that explicitly, but just, just in, in you know, intern it from our words. Every time you know, we're, if we're thinking about adding a new enemy or a new character or something, we got to think. You know, would we like this? Would mum like this? Would dad like this? Would sister like this? Would brother like this? And that makes mm. sure we've we've covered all those family angles. Yep, aunt, aunt and uncle. You got to make sure to get all those age groups in there. That's not that's what they don't tell you about video games. Is that you got to cater everybody. We've got uh, enemies categorized by uh, familial love. 
So there'll be dad love enemies that he's gonna be get 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 a get a get a giggle out of. Uh, there'll be uh, mum enemies that she's gonna mum love enemies that she thinks is is gonna be really cute to see. Uh, well, you have to cater to all markets these days, and unfortunately, it leads to a more inconsistent product. But uh, everybody loves it, so <laughs> eat it, eat it to a you know a creative direction and a singular, <laughs> singular creative thought. <laughs> Mums love it, dads love it. They're like, look, at the end of the day, if the dads, if the mums and the dads love it, then we've done our job. If mummy loves it and daddy loves it, well, that's just peachy with me. That's what I say. That's Sky Pirate Radio. Everyone's happy with our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying it. Everyone loved it. So dead. Thank you all for listening. If you do want to submit questions, please do. We'd love to see them. Sky Pirate Radio on Twitter. And uh, questions at skypiratestudios.com. Gonna keep saying it till you get sick of it and you say, oh, I'm gonna email them out of spite now. Yeah, finally. I've got a question for you. Can you stop asking for questions? <laughs> can you can you guys stop asking for bloody questions? It's starting to get on my nerves. The answer is now, no. Now you listen here, you two. <laughs> Just like a really like forceful tone. I've had it with you boys and you're asking for questions. Here's my question. Why don't you rack off, huh? <laughs> you and your ruddy little podcast. Oh, a couple of boys in the podcast. <laughs> I don't like this guy that's emailed him. No, I don't like his tone. I don't like his tone. Yeah, his tone really shits me, so I hope we never hear from but him. But he did ask a question, um, so we did have to answer it. Yes, uh, and and we will. So that's, that's a promise to all questions. Answer every question. No question will go unasked. No question will go unanswered on Sky Pirate Radio. That's a wrap. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I'll I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay crisp. Stay frosty. Love ya. Mwah.